0: All right, welcome to Behind the Bytes, episode 19. Um, uh, We're back after a fun-filled studio episode last week. Uh, We're now coming to you live, not live, from, uh, well, I don't know, some kind of Microsoft server somewhere. I don't really know how Skype works. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm Mike Priest from Stuff Magazine, I'm here joined by by my... uh, usual uh, cohorts uh, sound off guys
1: uh, this is Abbas from Tea Break. hi guys I've got a flu which is probably one of the big reasons why we're doing this on Skype <laughs> I don't think either one of them wanted to be near me like within
2: 5 miles of me Bavisha, in fact went 5000 miles away hey Bavisha, how are you hi I couldn't take that risk this is Bavisha from Techview.me and I will do whatever it takes to get away from the flu <laughs> <laughs> so whereabouts are you I'm in Texas right now, actually. Nice. Nice.
1: Yes. It seems that every time we're on a Skype
2: call, you're like traveling some part of the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I think more that's than we why
2: do. we've done it a few times. Or it just works out really well that every time I'm traveling, we have to do a Skype call for multiple reasons. <laughs> one of them being your flu. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and often enough, <laughs> actually, this is the first time that a bus has got sick.
2: So yes. now it's so done the full done trifecta,
0: the which I'm a bit worried because that means I'm next. And I really don't want <laughs> to go through that again. That was no fun.
2: <laughs>
0: yep. All right. So we've got a bunch of stories to get through today. Um, my first one up, I, I believe, uh, pulls in your court, Bavisha.
2: Yes. So the first story is that Do has partnered um, with uh, DTCM, which is Dubai Tourism and Commerce Marketing Department, um, and Labs to provide a solution called Handy. Now, it seems like there's a lot of things I talked about which people are not familiar with. Um, What Handy is, is essentially a smartphone uh, with a data connection, which is available to guests at hotels. Handy, the company, started in um, Southeast Asia. And when I traveled to Hong Kong last year, uh, my hotel had Handy, which meant when I checked in, there was a smartphone sitting waiting for me where I could just pick it up, um, set up WhatsApp, set up my social media on it. And it also had custom apps which were built for tourists. So what Do's doing is they've partnered with the local tourism agency in, in Dubai, the government agency, and Tink Labs, which develops Handy to make um, these handsets available to visitors in the UAE. And there's a few four and five-star hotels that are testing it out. Um, and I imagine Do is doing the data side of things because obviously data doesn't come uh, free <laughs> or cheap. <laughs> uh, so is it, some push, is it an Android word? phone? Or? Yes, it is. It is an Android phone. Do you know what version of Android it's running? Or? So I was using it last year, and um, I honestly cannot recall. No, yeah. but I think when you're uh, when you're at when you're only using the phone for two, three, four, five days, it doesn't really matter because all yeah. your apps work. It's a decent camera. You can get all your social media applications pre-installed, data, and a phone number for you to use uh, with unlimited local calling. At least that that was what the case was in Hong Kong. And the startup is based out of Hong Kong.
0: It's a really okay. kind of clever idea. Um, you know, giving some people who, like you said, who give people who are traveling a, a different option rather than a bringing a second phone or trying to spring for a phone with a dual SIM card. Um, primarily... What you mentioned about it being coming preloaded with apps that can help people uh, get around a city or, or, I don't know, do a bunch of touristy stuff. It, it does lead to the, to the potential danger of maybe getting a bit of bloatware loaded on there for, for stuff that you're not even remotely interested in. Uh, so I suppose there's that, but as long as it's kind of managed well. I don't see why it would be too much of a So
2: is. I think there there are some applications which, are, um, which you might consider uh, bloatware, like these are built for tourists, mm-hmm. and there may be some ads in there because at the end of the day, this is a free service to users, right? right? And if you're not paying for the service, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Mm-hmm. So maybe ads for desert safaris and ads for Burj Khalifa uh, on the top tickets and things like this might be there. Um, but at the end of the day, I, when I used it, I still had like, I got value out of it because I had bought a SIM. Mm. Uh, but I could see that anyone, um, who didn't go through that process, uh, would definitely find value in it. So, sorry, I didn't find value in it, but I thought someone, I would have found value in it had I known this existed.
0: Oh no, man. I mean, this would be perfect for me. I'm the kind of guy that like when I travel and, you know, we travel often for work, but I, the, the. The idea of going out and trying to track down a place to find a sim and all the nonsense that you have to go through for find the right plan and whether it's available it really drives me insane. Where I will quite happily, well, begrudgingly pay the extra 200 dirhams or whatever to get streaming uh, to get data from a app, which really sometimes isn't necessary. And A service like this is actually kind of fantastic, where I can rock See, up I to I a hotel, uh, just check in and, and walk out with a phone that I can use to, to you know, do WhatsApp or... Whatever it is that I need to,
1: I do see, the up- my. Yeah, on, I mean, see, my take is that a smartphone is a very personal device. You know, mm-hmm. you have your contacts, your data, your messages, everything else stored on your smartphone. Uh, I'm not sure if it's something that I'd be very interested in because I would sort of want to continue using my phone. So, you know, probably the best thing that I, if it's capable of, is just convert that phone into a 3G hotspot and just use that with my phone to basically communicate with whoever I am communicating communicating on my phone. My WhatsApp is set up, my Facebook is set up, definitely everything else they're is gonna set up to have there. that lock though. <laughs> so, you know, like, for me, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, even if, like, when we travel, I mean, you know, I definitely either travel with a dual-SIM phone, or if that's not an option, then I take the primary phone uh, SIM card out of my um, iPhone, for example, and just equip it with, with the other one. Uh, So for me, it's not necessarily a very enticing solution because, again, I feel that a smartphone is a very personal device and, you know, uh, I'm not sure how comfortable, first of all, I'd be using a loaner phone, messaging to people that I know, sending pictures, taking pictures with it and then, you know, sending out to family and friends and stuff like that. Uh, Just not super comfortable with that idea. But I guess if it works for some people and there is a market for it, like Babish is saying, I mean, it, it's present in the Far East and if it's done well, you know, in those markets, uh, there's a good chance that, you know, it'll do well over here as well. Yeah, but, I mean, you the know, privacy that's my concerns are,
0: are definitely something that would need to be looked into. Um, I imagine there's, you know, once you activate the phone, there's definitely some kind of EULA that go, that comes up that you ignore that, you know, offers them for the, sure. the, the lifeblood of your firstborn child. <laughs> In, in exchange for like ten megabytes of data per minute, or whatever it is. But, uh,
1: those are my favorite part of every tech product: going <laughs> yeah. through that two hundred page manual. You mean you don't read those Mike?
0: Seriously? No,
2: like,
1: this. I
0: read every word. What are you talking about? I just, I just want to use the products so I have no choice.
2: So, so here's another thing, right? Uh, the new handy smartphones they feature NFC, um, and and you can actually use them as your hotel room keys. Okay. okay, nice.
1: That that's cool. That's a yeah. clever
2: piece of tech, I guess. I,
0: I so they're. I was, sorry, go on, Boosh. No,
2: it's just like it, they're they're taking it beyond just like uh, you know a place to just take photos and do do social media stuff. It's actually adding. It's built into the entire hotel experience, mm. or at least more so than than it than what I saw it in uh, in Hong Kong.
1: I look, sorry, go ahead, Mike.
0: No, I was just saying, I mean, after we spoke last week and uh, we we talked about Samsung Pay and the convenience of using that, I mean, I'm becoming a big advocate of using, you know, potentially being able to use my phone for all sorts of things. And like hotel room access seems like it's a perfect uh, use for that, for that functionality. But I think what's going to need to happen in the future is the battery life on these things is going to have to somehow improve. Because if we're going to be storing all of our information that helps us get around uh on <clears> on our on our smartphones and they're running out after eight hours there's it's going to cause some serious problems going forward in this in these kind of situations
1: <laughs> that's true that's, that's um, why you can't do this on the mate
2: nine right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: a, but its nice four thousand milliamp battery, yeah. there's a phone that was announced yesterday with a ten thousand milliamp battery. Ten thousand yes. milliamp. I mean, that's you know, seriously. That's the second
2: version, actually. That's the second version wow. of that phone. I've seen. I saw the first version of that phone at um, at IFA's sister event in China called CE China, mm-hmm. and okay. it was not the biggest phone I've seen, All right. despite being ten thousand milliampere. No, now, that would be those Lenovo phones. <laughs> So, but
1: uh, yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, look, here's a question for you guys. 10,000 milliamps, that's probably as good as a laptop battery, right? Right. Do they allow you to travel with them? Yeah. You know, is there a travel ban on 10,000 milliamp <laughs> phones? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're saying the battery is the concern, right, when you're traveling with these big devices. Right. So what happens when you've got a phone that's got 10,000 milliamp, but shorter and, you know, it, it, forget I think this travel ban just doesn't make sense to me. It's... No. Uh, could, yeah, yeah. I think there's, sorry, there's other things going to, on in
0: the background that perhaps <laughs> haven't quite no, come to sure. light yet.
1: for sure, for sure. But coming back to using a new phone, a handy, basically, uh, I like the idea of NFC and you know using your phone to unlock doors or stuff like that. But uh, maybe I much more prefer an app that you, I don't know, download when you get to the hotel and through that app. You know, fine, you know, if it says you need to check in into the hotel to get data access or three g access or whatever it is, uh, maybe that is one way of providing free data. I, I don't know, I honestly don't know. I mean, but to me, using a separate phone purely for that space,
2: not mine, not necessarily something that I do, but you know, yeah, i ag- I agree with you, boss on that. like um I would prefer to get a sim for my own phone only because I'm. I may not know this handy what the battery life of it would be, how good the camera is. All my social exactly. accounts are already signed in. I don't want to go through the OTP system again. Plus, um, like Mike pointed out earlier, right? Security and privacy. I don't know Yep. what's powering this device, where, etc. There's a certain amount of comfort that comes with using your own phone. But I know most people that I travel with, well, most consumers, right? They don't care to buy a second SIM as soon as they land And then or even after. That's, that's the one thing I do if I'm staying at a place more than 24 hours. Like, I need a sim to work with. I don't trust the hotel Wi-Fi. Um, and it's always cheaper than getting um, at Slut or Do roaming. Um, this this seems like a good second option. Like, I would do it if I was in a place for less than 24 hours and just had to use WhatsApp. But otherwise, right. I would I would get my own sim. It's nice to have, but personally, I wouldn't do it.
1: Also, I think this is a very stopgap kind of solution, because when you look at what's coming up next, which is embedded SIMs, something like Apple SIM that's present on your iPad, once it starts coming on your phones, and I know that there are tests um, with embedded SIMs going on, you know, across the world, uh, where profiles of operators are already stored, and as soon as you land, you know, you're not restricted to buying a SIM card, you know, you land in a country which has a supported operator, it brings up on your phone, buy the data plan on the go you know at local prices and bam you're you're all set so you know i think this is more of a stop solution until we reach that point that is probably another five four to five years away the embedded SIM technology yeah. uh, i'm assuming by the time we reach 5g which is also predicted for 2020 so but around that time we're going to get to embedded SIMs as well and this will sort of all go away
2: in next week's episode of Abbas predicts the future.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think we should start taking these down just so we can, like, in 2020, be like, yep, check it off. That one was right. This one was not right. No. Uh, uh,
2: we, we've read about what Abbas has said. And, and honestly, he's right. That That is the way forward. Like, this whole changing sims at the airport and in the flight, managing pins to pull out the sim tray is just more pain.
0: It's it's so, like, 2002.
2: Exactly. It's a it's a terrible
1: experience. Yeah. Terribly terrible it's you know what I'm gonna go ahead and say, It's the greedy telcos. Yeah. Sorry guys. I mean that's that's exactly what's causing this technology not to move forward. Right.
0: Unfortunately there's not that doesn't look like it's it, it's gonna change in a in a quick manner.
1: That's all. Uh, you know, I mean all it takes is someone like Apple to come up with a phone with an embedded sim. I mean, can seriously if a cell author do, avoid not being able to power the next iPhone uh, imagine that imagine if the next iPhone doesn't have a sim card and only has an embedded sim uh, then, you know i mean that's that's a force you need to deal with right and i then mean the that only carrier
0: that uses it is virgin mobile <laughs> that is the future that i want to live in
1: there you go so yeah i think you know like phone manufacturers have that power apple and then samsung could but i think samsung just likes to and over for operators, unfortunately, uh, you know, everywhere in the world. But uh, I think Apple could make it happen.
0: Oh, I mean, they did it once with the iPhone, didn't they?
1: So. They did. And then look, I mean, they're the ones who changed from regular SIM to micro SIM to nano SIM. I mean, there was no other phone with that, uh, you know, or at least not that I know of. But they made the industry change to a nano SIM literally in two generations, going from SIM to micro SIM to nano SIM. So, you know, they've got that power, and I wouldn't be surprised if Embedded Sim comes up next on their list.
0: Yeah, I remember when the iPhone 4 came out, and I had to cut my SIM gingerly in my oh, kitchen yeah. to get it to work. Oh,
1: yeah. That, was, that, that was a... uh, brief uh, moment of time when SIM card cutting tools were like all the rage. Everybody yeah. wanted to get one. Yeah.
0: Never bought one. <laughs> Always been a scissor man myself. Do it OG. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember the first time I went online, printed a template, a PDF file, that, you know, stuck my SIM card on that paper right. and then just cut around it. Nice. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. That's how we roll.
2: That's old school.
0: <laughs> so in uh, in other Do news, uh, I I don't know if you guys saw this the other day, but there was a, well, perhaps you saw it even in the cinema, but in, uh, Do posted a tweet uh, on their account uh, basically announcing that they would be pulling a uh, a cinema advertisement that had been playing across screens uh in the UAE uh the ad was uh promotional material for like the 2 for Tuesdays uh campaign where you can buy one get one free on movie tickets at selected cinemas uh in in the country and uh the release uh, so the announcement that they they put out said that the Pulling the ad because they'd received several complaints about the sort of a uh, uh, what was it sort of the controversial nature of the ad, where it was basically just an ad that talked to in a satirical way in quite a quite a f- tongue-in-cheek, funny way about the the, the kind of etiquette that uh, is not really or shouldn't be permissible inside of a cinema. Um, and I I I don't know if you guys saw
2: this ad at all or what you felt. I did. Right. So yeah. I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. Fusha. No, no, Abbas, go ahead. I
1: was just going to say that I haven't seen it on the cinema, but I did check out the ad online and I'll let you comment on it. And then, you know, I'll, I'll share my thoughts as well.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I, I Jeff, quite like on. the ad. <clears throat> I quite like the, there's some shaking noise, scratching noise. That's good. Okay. Um, I quite like the ad actually um I wasn't sure where it was leading and um, it it just talked about all the annoyances we face when we go to watch a cinema so um and but what I thought the ad would have been perfect for something like Netflix, where they're basically saying the cinema experience is not what it used to be anymore and I, when before I knew it was due uh due like halfway through the ad, I was surprised that a cinema would be running this ad because I thought the ad was anti-cinema experience in in an exaggerated and funny sort of way, like not an offensive sort of way anyway. So for someone like Netflix or Hulu, this ad would be hilarious. Uh, But as it turns out, it was an ad for Do, which basically says know the person who you sit next to so you're less likely to be annoyed, and which is why your second ticket is free on Do Tuesday. Um, I'm not sure people are offended uh, that I put particularly wasn't really. No,
0: look, I mean, to play devil's advocate... um having only seen it as well like you guys on uh you know uh, m- uh my computer screen i could see why perhaps when the ad is at the size of a of a, a, a of a cinema screen some of the stuff may have been a little bit gross you know the some of the ad depicts like a person sneezing or like a like a dude farting um <laughs> which i thought was kind of funny but um <clears throat> But, like, you know, some pretty gallows type or, like, quite a crude humor, which I think maybe when blown up to a certainly a, quite an exaggeratedly large size may have the possibility of grossing people out. There's a lot of close-ups of people eating things, um, a lot of, like, close contact, that kind of thing. On the other hand, the, the level of, like, cinema ads in, in this country unfortunately are not very good, and this is one of the few ones I've seen that is actually, like, aside from, you know, the occasional, like, car ad that's driving around a mountain or whatever it is that those things do. This was actually, like, the production values were good. The, you know, it had, it had really interesting, like, character acting. Not character, but just acting. And, like, the the, the impetus behind it and the thought behind it was clever. Um, so, I honestly, I, I don't understand why people were complaining. It seems like they were just looking for something to whinge about.
1: Yeah I think I agree with both of you guys over here I thought uh, I think do has been quite good with their ads uh, production wise um, I've seen a few of them before on cinema and I think they've got great production value this one was also very well produced and I think it was fantastic I don't think there was anything that uh, upset me about the ad I think it was fun you know it was done nicely the only thing that was um missing in the ad was, you know, there's usually when I go to the cinema, there's some over-enthusiastic fellow sitting right behind me. And anytime he starts laughing, he starts kicking the seat behind me. Uh, that's terrible. That's, that's super annoying. I don't know why they didn't have that in the ad. That could have been a part of that, too. But uh, no, I thought it was a great ad. And I honestly don't know what, you know, why people are getting worked up over it. Uh, look, there's always going to be there's always going to be something that's going to tick someone off, right? I mean, you can please everyone all the time. Uh, I thought dude, did a great job with the ad. So what if some people didn't like it? I mean, you know that's just the nature of these things. Uh, you know, you go watch a movie like I don't know um, something about Mary. You know. Very funny movie, has a few parts that might make some people feel uncomfortable, but, oh, you know, you, you just laugh it off. That's what you do. Right. Uh, I think I, I think Do was spot on with this ad. I honestly don't think they needed to take it down. Uh, you know, great ad, very well, uh, you know, what you shouldn't be doing. And but I do agree with Pavishya in the sense that, yeah, this looks more like an ad for Netflix than a cinema ad or a ad. Uh, I do agree with him on that part.
0: Right, and I think you're right, uh, Abbas. Uh, you hit on, the, on a key point where this is not—it's nothing depicted in this ad is anything worse than you'd see in like an Adam Sandler film, right? Like it's all exactly stuff that you would you would see in a film. So I don't think one thing that I did—I I did a bit of reporting on this actually um, for for another website, and I, I, I looked in to see what the complaints were and whether there were any anywhere available online. And to be honest, I could i could find very little of people actually complaining about this ad online, which lends me to believe that perhaps complaints were directed rather than at do, but maybe perhaps directly at the cinema itself. And I think maybe that could have strong-armed do into removing the ad uh, if they're getting you know, actual uh, displeasure from people that are sitting in the cinema and going directly to uh, Vox or whoever it was that was running the ad. You know that, and that had a far more direct impact than just some people whinging on Twitter about you know being a bit offended.
1: Yeah, no, that definitely makes more sense. Mm.
0: Yeah, again, it's a shame. I recommend everybody check it out. It's pretty funny.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes.
2: That's a good idea. Yep. Maybe this is how uh, do gets more people to watch the ad, right? Yeah.
0: It did cross <laughs> my mind that it could be some kind of cheeky viral tra- tactic to yeah. actually just take it pretend people are complaining and take it down so it drums up better um, better engagement rather than actual people seeing it
1: yeah I mean maybe they were on a viral high after their um, the whole you know how many retweets does it take? Uh, take a few orphans to see a movie uh, right yeah so, <laughs> that's true moving on what's our next topic <laughs> for, for discussion
0: <laughs> so gentlemen tell me about fuchsia
1: it, uh, you know I have no idea what that word is and uh, fuchsia is a
0: type it's
2: a color probably, <laughs> it's like a purpley pink
1: color.
2: yeah purple pink
1: okay uh, but Abbas,
2: Abbas had an idea for an alternate pronunciation. Yes,
1: which I thought was Let's kind of move funny. this podcast from PG 13 to R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when I read that, I was like, that really sounds like someone saying, fuck Sia. And I was like, okay. Really what dislikes the, the music that? of Sia. <laughs> but uh, Bavisha stepped in and corrected me. He's like, no, Abbas, this is a color. Like, okay, fine. I've never heard of this color before. But. Uh, that's Google's new direction for what could possibly replace uh, Linux on Android uh, I'm assuming did you guys get a chance to see some of the concept videos that uh, the concept video that they put out
2: I saw the photos um, and they're very raw at this stage right it's it's kind of like card like uh, where you're switching through the screens on the home page it's very very rudimentary and Google still isn't talking a lot about when they're going to launch this, what they're going to do with it. It's likely that this will probably replace both Android and Chrome OS. So it's not just about replacing um, Linux on Android. They're using their own microkernel called Magenta, which is another color of us.
0: Yeah, Also um, in purple.
2: That one also, I know. Uh, yeah, so they're replacing Linux because they don't want to deal with that anymore. Because um, even the Google Pixel is using a kernel which was released in 2014. So, so they're done updating the Linux kernel. They're doing their whole uh, own uh, microkernel, which they will use to power this new, new OS. And okay. I think the idea is generally that, from what I've read, Android was developed as a camera OS, which was then quickly turned around to battle the iPhone. But um, Fuchsia is essentially what a smartphone OS would do were it to be built today. So it's meant to be used on computers with fast processors, non-trivial amounts of ram yeah, no i read that
0: non-trivial it. amounts of ram which is just like good ram <laughs> yo yeah. so
2: what is that like six I mean, eight yeah, GB? maybe
0: six gb something like that
2: so yeah this 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 is coming from the ask technical story i have to credit them because we use their uh, phrasing non-trivial amounts of ram um, actually from google's documentation directly so i mean it's it's probably built for both PC and and mobile and it's it's made for um, also high performance 120 fps apps so super buttery smooth like google calls it but we still don't know when and where this is going to be released
0: yeah i'm interested uh, whether we'll see something in the of this um at uh, with the with the new pixel that's slated for later this year i mean maybe that's a little too early Still considering how basic this operating system is, but I mean... Oh, I
1: was actually going to go a bit earlier than that, Mike. I was um, going to say I/O next week. because yeah. we've got I/O next week, right? And yeah, so I was thinking good... that they might just talk a little bit about that. Uh, but I don't think, Pavisha, that they're going to replace Android with it because I mean they've put so much resources into building the brand name of Android that I have a feeling that it will be Android at the end of the day. It will just be powered by a new kernel. Uh, As you mentioned, uh, you know, and and if you look at the video specifically, it's still very material UI kind of design. I mean, yes, the animations and stuff look a little differently. But when you look at the color language of it, it, it's very much material UI kind of. I think that's what I felt from looking at the video uh, that was, you know, that was on there.
2: Yeah, possibly. You may may be right. I mean, I know when I predicted the whole AirPods thing last time in, in one of our episodes... That didn't really work out, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've all been pretty wrong at many occasions. Yeah, Yeah, don't
1: worry. That's that's part
0: and parcel of being a tech
1: journalist. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Lots of educated guesses that just aren't quite so educated. (laughs) Uh, I I wonder, because don't don't Google's employees have a sort of, um, a, a part of their sort of work where they have to kind of work on offbeat projects for a particular, twenty like percent of the time, or something
1: like that. That that used to be the case, right? right? I mean, they had that going in about five years back, but from what I remember, they just kind of canceled that. I know Microsoft yeah. <laughs> still has that. Okay. um You know, they've got their whole labs kind of section. Mm. Microsoft Garage is I like think what they call them, right? Uh, where a lot of these ideas originate. But I'm not sure if Google still. They used to have that eighty twenty rule. Remember that yeah. for twenty percent of the time can be used on any projects but i think um, that was back in the days when google believed in don't be evil
0: yeah yeah because i mean this says like something that could have been born out of a, pro- a program like that where you know whether if you've got a group of engineers or just one particularly clever engineer you know taking a little bit of time off to
2: to work on something uh, like an alternate no. version of, of android so so one of the developers, so there's a public uh, Fuchsia, uh, Fuchsia IRC channel, and one of the developers has said that, and I quote, this is not a toy thing, it's not a 20% project, All it's right. not a dumping ground of a dead thing that we don't care about anymore, unquote. So All this is right. something that they're definitely working on. All um, right, but let's
0: take that with a of salt because they, you know, dumped Google Glass, they dumped the Google Car, so... I'm not really putting much yeah. stock into anything Google <laughs> tells me at this point when it comes to their products.
1: That's true. It is Google at the end of the day. Going slightly off tandem, um, Android was developed by, or you know, it is where it is today because of Andy Rubin, and he left Google and he started his own hardware company, right? They're supposed yep. to come out with a new smartphone. Um, supposedly a bezel-less kind of design, much along the lines of the Xiaomi Mi Mix or the Samsung Galaxy S eight uh, has hey, either one of you seen any updates on that? Uh, just wondering. I mean, you know, I remember there was a story a month or two months ago yeah, there was, was some rumblings to...
0: about it, but it, I, they, I don't think there is any kind of like uh, like any prototype shown or anything like that. It was literally like, mm. yes, this thing is coming, and then radio yeah. silence.
1: Exactly. I think he, him, uh, Andy Rubin himself, tweeted like a teaser of it, or. Mm. You know some some form of it, but yeah, no 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 updates on that. Correct? Uh, just no, not that I know of.
0: Unless he's been probably been bought out by Google, and that's what the new Pixel phone is going uh, <laughs> to be. That, there you go.
1: Baseless huh,
0: speculation. That's an interesting
1: theory. <laughs> that's an interesting theory. <laughs> All right. So, final story for the day: Amazon updated Alexa, which now comes with a screen. The uh, new Echo. The new Echo, absolutely. What is it called? Echo uh, there's look. a name for it, right? Echo, Echo Show, look. Show, Show, or Look. Show, look. It's show and Tell, Look and Tell. You know, so the Echo
2: Echo Look is something they launched a couple of uh, weeks yeah, ago. yeah, you're right. And that's the one with the camera where it takes pictures ah, of right. you, and uses AI to suggest outfits. Um, think of it as Amazon-powered fashion police. Which for me, like, uh, I, I that's just like the dumbest product i'm sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know like you're gonna put a camera in your house that like is on 24 hours a day i don't know i mean i have Not a security that, camera but in my pretty
1: house. much in your changing room where you're putting yeah your right on. exactly
0: that's just inviting trouble
2: <laughs> but uh, let's move on to yeah. uh, the show. sorry what is the it called again the show yes so it's they've launched it today it's available for pre-order for about 230 dollars It features a touchscreen, video camera, mics, speakers, um, and a bunch of calling functionality as well. It's a 7-inch screen and a front-facing 5-megapixel camera and a pair of 2-inch speakers. The item ships on the 28th of June. That's very soon.
1: So let's get this out of the way straight away. Obviously, it's using VoIP for calling and video calls. It's going to be banned in the region. Yeah. It's it's obviously not going to work over yeah, here. Has, the calling, video calling functionality of
2: it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean the the thing is, it's going to be gimped out of the box here, right? Like, uh, uh, the Amazon Echo, as it stands, is half a product here in the UAE because of the fact that you can't train it. Uh, you can't sort of set it to be in this region. So a Correct. lot of the functionality, unfortunately, is is quite gimped. Um, things like, for instance, being able to order, order an Uber. Via the, via the device or even just asking it what the weather's like. You have to actually preface it by saying, you know, what's the weather like in Dubai um, rather than just tell me what the weather's like. So it, it, I mean, whilst the product is fantastic, don't get me wrong, I, I own two, you know, one for upstairs and downstairs in my apartment, but it, it doesn't, yeah, it, it certainly is a little bit limited in terms of what it can do. And I feel that perhaps this, this sort of screen version might might be even worse off in that respect
1: fair enough but I mean do you think we or at least Amazon's implementation of the screen on um, on the echo show is something that entices you or something that you sort of want to go out and get uh, because the demos that I saw uh, purely for the calling functionality the thing i like about alexa is that you could be 10 feet away from it and just you know invoke it with the command now if you're sort of doing the video chat thing obviously you sort of need to be in the frame of it near the camera and at that point i think a smartphone which is with you all the time everywhere anywhere you go makes more sense to me um, you know i think alexa or the echo is great as a voice tool, because again, like I said, you can literally talk to it from 10 feet away, 12 feet away. Uh, But when it comes to video,
2: I'm not too sure if I'm I'm sold on that idea. So here's the thing, about um, the normal Echo and the Echo Dot and the Echo Tap, well, I'm not sure about the Tap, but the Echo and the Echo Dot, they have far-field microphones. And I'm fairly sure that the echo show is also going to include that because the echo show is supposed to do everything that an echo can plus more um, so you can you can use echo as you will the echo show as you will use an echo and then it comes with these extra functionality like video chat and playing YouTube videos on um, on a, a smallish set I, I agree it's not the ideal experience and it's more it exactly. Can. So, I mean,
1: that that's my concern for Echo Show to be used at its full potential. You kind of need to be sitting in front of it, you know, to talk to the person mm-hmm. on the screen or to watch the video. Uh, at that point, I think it becomes a bit restrictive because when it's just voice and you're 10 feet away, great. But when you're sort of, you have to sort of sit yourself down in front of it to get the full experience off it, then I'd much rather use a phone or even tv that's got chromecast connected where i can you know if i want something on the big screen i just zap it up on there so you uh, can so do i that. don't see the screen feature of it you yeah. know that's that's my concern yeah if you, i, I can see
0: two particularly good applications for this device number one is in a kitchen um where a lot of people keep uh their, their amazon echo anyway but i can see it you know as a hands-free way to follow a recipe where you can tell it to pause but then have updates or, or you know do uh, conversion me- like measurement conversion and that kind of thing, it could actually end up okay, working that pretty sense. well, right? That that that's, how big is that screen? It's seven inches. Seven inches. Yep. Okay. So that's fair enough. that's, it's, it's, that's, that's not a bad place to put it. The second place I can see it is perhaps on like an office desk, where it could replace you know like a calendar or something like that where you can bring up a calendar if you want to do a quick video conference you can do it at your desk that kind of thing and then like you know find information for upcoming events upcoming calendar bookings but as you said it's sort of smaller use cases and then the device becomes less this sort of household computer or a household sort of brain that that controls your lights and all this kind of stuff that the echo currently is and then more of this just sort of room specific device if that makes sense for these very particular tasks um which for me is less interesting because i, I love the the home automation functions of, of what the echo does and mm-hmm. this doesn't really help with them at all it's just puts a screen on it so i can watch youtube on it and i can watch youtube on about six different screens in my house so and they're all definitely higher res than that one
2: so there are also features like, for example, you can connect it to certain cameras, uh, like security cameras, and you can ask Alexa to show you the front door camera or the camera in your baby's room, right. um, something like that. So I think this device is kept, now that it has a screen and it has a camera, um, and it comes with all the connection to smart home, which the original Echo did and does, a lot of it does depend on the developers on what they make out of it. For Amazon, it's let's get the hardware out there for users and to developers. So they might be able to do something out of it.
1: Yeah. So let me point out the two things that you said, uh, Vishal. You know, the cameras, for example, on the front door or a baby's room. Would you rather just pick up your phone and watch the footage on that or then, you know, get yourself out of bed look into what Alexa is sort of doing. You know, from the convenience point of view, I think the video streaming bit offered it just doesn't make sense because you're sort of, you know, you need to be in a, at a certain position to sort of facing Alexa to see that, whereas your phone is always with you. Just pull it up. You know, it doesn't matter if you're in bed, uh, you know, on the couch, wherever you are. Uh, so for me, you know, I think the convenience aspect plays a lot more importance than than the screen that uh
2: amazon's offering with the with that. Yeah. i think i think you're right um, the mobile phone or cell phone will in in a lot of the cases most cases be more accessible um, but it doesn't have to be ex- mutually exclusive right that I, if i use my smartphone i can't use the echo or if i use the echo i can't use the phone there may be times when my hands are busy or i don't want to pull my phone out and unlock it and launch the app and do that whereas i can just tell alexa show me the front camera or show me the baby camera. My concern oh, absolutely. is, um, I mean, I, I hate that I'm sounding like an evangelist for the product, which I'm not because my biggest concern is a $230 price tag. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Gross. I wouldn't spend that money, you know? I mean, it's a great device um, and I find value in my Echo, which I have, uh, the regular Echo. $230, I don't know. It, it ha- Does it have features I would use? Sometimes. Would I pay more for it? Probably
0: not. Well, I'm, I also think that we're avoiding the elephant in the room here, and that's basically that this is a device, I think, primarily designed to make you shop on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Like, if you can speak to – like, what you know, you can currently do that with uh, an Amazon Echo, but there's none of that visual feedback. You know, if you want to order toilet paper or a CD, you, you know, it, it, I, I would find difficulty doing that just with my voice because I don't have any kind of visual confirmation that's gone through, right? Correct. But if you can say, I'm not going to say it because I'm sitting right next to my Echo, but if you could say the wake word and, mm-hmm. uh, and then order toilet paper and then have a little visual cue pop up with a little confirmation message, that then you can press, you know, you can tap yes and then it's done. And I, I think that potentially could be a, a killer app for Amazon and it, I could guarantee right. you is the reason why they've made this device.
1: I don't know if I'd agree with you, Mike. I'd much rather Alexa give me the audible feedback, whereas, you know, you order something and it repeats back, saying, okay, this is what it is. Just confirm, just say yes, and then it goes through instead of, you know, sort of going out and touching the screen or, you know, yeah. whatever it is.
0: I, 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 yeah, I, I, I agree, Abbas, but then I think it's more of a case of, like, you don't, you know, there's so many products on Amazon that if you order to, toilet, toilet paper, this is a great example I'm using here, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But then you get a list of like six different ones, right? And then you can choose which one sure. of those you want. There's, at the moment, yeah, I think enough. it generally, I mean, we can't use it here, obviously. It's not available in the UE. But my understanding is it just defaults to Amazon Basics. So kind of like singling out Amazon's product catalog, which is actually kind of bad for their business model to a certain extent because it stops people. And, you know, if they if these things are more, uh, proliferate more into their into their customer base, ends up making it so that the actual sellers on Amazon don't have the ability to, to sort of get to those customers anymore. Whereas with at least a screen, you're giving them an option to be uh, listed alongside Amazon's own products.
1: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And I, I I mean, I totally agree with the kitchen example that um, you guys gave. I think in in the kitchen, I think this could make a good device. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a $230, $230 kitchen device, though. I don't know about that. I think British <laughs> is right. The price point's a What would bit be steep. the price
1: that you guys think would be the sweet spot for something like this? $149, $189? Yeah. yeah, $149. 149 I mean, How the, much is the Echo for now? Is it $89? Just the regular Echo? No, so the, the, I think it's still $100. $179. It's 179
2: the Echo. Yeah. And then the dots are is $60.
1: Yeah.
2: That's a fifty dollars. Oh, right, that's yeah. See, that's man. Okay, but I mean, the if they're spot,
1: selling the Echo at one seventy nine, then I guess it makes sense to prices higher, right? The Echo is still yeah. too yeah.
0: expensive, to be honest.
1: Right. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I think maybe the Echo at ninety nine dollars would be perfect, and the set one forty nine would probably be a sweet sell. Yeah. Yeah. I fact, think if it point, was
0: one forty nine, I would buy one just to try it.
2: Yeah. For sure. I think at that point, sure. it becomes like a loss leader for Amazon where they where they lose a certain amount of money on hardware to make more money from extended buying. Yeah. But with the way these devices are selling, right? I mean, um, I think at Christmas in uh, the holiday season, the Echo was sold out for weeks mm. at 179 um so it's not like they have a problem moving this hardware and they're selling as many as they can make and once they're in people's houses i'm sure there's an uptake in in purchases as well at least the at least the ones in the markets where you can buy these products
1: yeah no i mean absolutely if it works for them then yeah it works for them
2: yeah and now that they've
0: bought soup.com uh we can hope to see them coming to the middle east soon
1: I certainly hope so. Yes. Fingers crossed. All right. Cool. With that, I guess uh, shall we wrap it up for this week, gentlemen? yes Sounds good. Fantastic. Uh, hope well next week. Uh, Mike and I will be in Taipei. I wish I will ping you if you are available. Uh, let's have a, uh, you know, let's have you on a Skype and do this again. If not, then I think. Um, your colleague Varun might be with us. Maybe we'll rope him in next time around. Uh,
2: Did you yeah, say the event was in Taipei? Correct. It is in Taipei. yes. Oh yeah. So we're, we've not been invited for that.
1: Right. Okay. I so you should be watching it.
2: HTC. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so interestingly, I heard that what they're doing for people here is they're taking them to Hub Zero, where That's they'll right. have HTC Vive set up. you know uh, So that could be a good experience as well, I think.
2: Yeah, Yeah, just give me an HTC vibe and all is forgiven. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's a parting gift. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, You can send us your feedback at behindthebytes.ae at gmail.com or on Twitter at behindthebytes. I'm on Twitter at Bavisha. All right, I'm at Mike Priest. And I'm Aja
1: We'll see you guys next week. All right, have a good one.